0: You're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn.
1: I'm going to try that out as my new catchphrase at the beginning of the show cuz I've started watching Bob Ross videos.
2: <laughs> Girl.
1: I want to I want to turn into an a very wholesome person. That's my goal. A wholesome person who loves murder.
2: Happy trees, happy clouds.
1: <laughs> um, it's like happy ravine.
2: Happy happy everything.
1: <laughs> anyway, anyway, um
2: my when- My natural hair looks like Bob Ross, so I can relate. Oh, my God, really? Yes, girl. White girl afro. I spent a lot of money to have a mohawk.
1: Can you bring in a photo from, like, middle school next week so I can verify this story?
2: I will bring in a picture of me in my 20s. Like, this this is is a recent development, like, eight, nine years old.
1: (laughs) I just... Mm -hmm. um, your your look is so distinct, and your hair is so awesome. I just assumed that you just were like born that way.
2: I I internally always wanted a mohawk, but you can't have. Well, that's not true. A little white girl from Minnesota can't have a frohawk. It's just not
1: right. Fair enough, I guess. Um, how how are you this morning? I'm all right, girl. How are you? You know, I'm really good. Um, this whole six-day work week is has been an oh, interesting adventure. It can be challenging. I've been there. Yep. But um, no, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Uh, I am considering going to the gym. Yeah.
2: Well. Good
1: considering luck. it's going to be a few months. <laughs> this is like my New Year's resolution. I have to start psyching myself up now. So I, I
2: actually am going to start exercising at home.
1: Yeah. Did you buy, have you seen those like weirdo Apple mirrors every, they all the commercials want you to buy? Yeah.
2: No, I don't want to do that. There's this, uh, I did this a long time ago, but then I used it so much that, um, the equipment actually died, oh. which is strange, but it's a, it's a little bar method thing that my sister and I bought off the internet when it first launched. And it, It's kind of like a combination of Pilates, yoga, and bar. And it's really great. Yeah. it's like half an hour a day, and I don't have to leave my house.
1: (laughs) That is definitely key in winter. Key in winter. It's, you know. I can
2: only... I didn't leave the the house today because it was too cold to get coffee. So I had to, like, make my own coffee. Did you... God forbid. There have been days (laughs)
1: where I've been so hungover... Uh, that I order seamless for breakfast. Mhm. Mhm. And I'm just—I leave mm-hmm. them instructions. I'm like, "Is there any way if I leave my door unlocked that you'll just bring it to my bed?" And they're just like, "No." Yeah. <laughs> That's yes. creepy as shit. We're not doing that.
2: <laughs> I've been there. I've been there.
1: There, yeah. <laughs> A girl can dream. Many years in Chinatown. <laughs> All right. So this morning, um. We have news of uh, meteors, uh, DUIs, uh, a little bit of a little bit of uh, murder suicide. Uh, what you what have you got on your plate i got i got some impeachment tea, and
2: we've got the the, the slaughter in Mexico, which
1: yeah Nixium, New York, right adjacent,
2: but it is only New York adjacent because the uh, there's a tide to nexium.
1: Oh, my goodness. So, um, yeah. I know, that was a big yawn. Um, friend of the show, Ashton Baker, and I have been watching uh, this Netflix series. I think it's called Explained or something like that. And it's like 20-minute mm-hmm. episodes about various topics. It's kind of like if Vox had a TV show where they're all like cute little explainer kind of historical documentary things. Mm-hmm. We watched one on Colts. Oh, Okay. And their main thread for the cult is looking at Nixium. Really? Yeah. Okay.
2: I mean, cults have been around for a long time.
1: I kind of like the way they did it. They just had, like, a ton of, like, cult survivors. And so it was really nice because they picked a bunch of different cults starting back to, like, Jonestown and even before that. And Mm -hmm. I feel like when you watch these, like, cult docs, they focus on one or a cluster at a period in time, and so yeah. it was really nice seeing this thread. It's like, nope, still the same, you know. And um, they had like twenty people who'd been in one on this show. Wow, okay, that's it's a, like that's
2: okay, but it's only like did twenty minutes cult? long. They did a good job. They'd, be, they'd been in all in different cults.
1: Yeah, okay, and so they had some. I mean, yeah, I
2: just you know like. We all, in this day and age, most of us know, at least, that cults target vulnerable people who are looking, they're in search of some bigger thing other than themselves. You know, like,
1: it's a a thing. And... uh, Well, they tied it to uh, the internet, and they said, you know, like, the way that Reddit, like, these incel communities have popped up mm-hmm. they said that that like they talked about the idea of like the digital cult and they talked about um oh that's fascinating. Like, they who shall not be named doing these mass shootings and how they're being glorified and um well
2: we have a we have a cult in the white house currently
1: too <laughs> just saying there's a little bit of cult of personality around trump for sure
2: Absolute devotion to the man who's committed treason.
1: Well, on that note, why don't we just jump into we'll dive right into impeachment <laughs> tea? Okay, so I can do the Radio Free Brooklyn announcements later. Just run through them at the end of the show.
2: No, 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 do them now. Do them now, and then we'll dive in.
1: All right, all right, all right. All right, So Radio Free Brooklyn non-profit. You know that what what that means? We Give love them money. Your money. <laughs> Give us your money. Please, 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 for the Bob Moore Heart, we will like kiss your shoes if they're clean. Donate at radiofreebrooklyn.org slash donate. Again, that is radiofreebrooklyn.org slash donate. We are a 501c3 nonprofit. Not sure what that string of numbers means, but I think it allows you to get a tax deduction.
2: It is. It absolutely
1: does. There you go. And um, we've actually got the hookup with Amazon. So if you shop through Amazon Smile um, and you go to radiofreebrooklyn.org slash smile, uh, you get to uh, like send your, I don't really understand how this works, but it's like if you buy an item, like two cents of it goes to a charity of your choice. If you look down for sure, a very long list, you will see. Radio Free Brooklyn.
2: Are you kidding? No, that's awesome because I have a huge thing of shit that I need to buy off Amazon. So yeah, we're on like too.
1: the we're on like the Amazon hookup. It's Amazon Smile. Oh, that's badass. Okay, so I think that's pretty exciting. Um, let me see. Oh, I just got a text. I thought it was going to be relevant to the show, but it's just after my lovely friends trying to donate to Radio Free Brooklyn. I was like oh god let's turn this my brain's not working I didn't have enough coffee (laughs) our poor viewers are just kind of like we don't care Uh, Uh, but seriously donate every dollar counts we're all volunteers here and Radio Free Brooklyn works so hard to give back to the community so please give back to us mm -hmm. and with that impeachment impeachment tea I think this is going to be my new
2: segment. Just
1: impeachment tea will give you, like, a little column.
2: Yeah, impeachment tea. All right, so this week, 2,600-plus pages of testimony were published uh, revealing the inside information on the Ukraine scandal and the Trump White House. So originally, it was based, you know... It started with a single phone call that Trump placed with, uh, to the Ukraine to congratulate the president of the Ukraine on his, uh, election,
0: Mm -hmm. right?
2: Who is, by the way, he was also a, he's just a comedy actor, which is very strange, but, um, So, the transcripts are from eight witnesses who have testified in the impeachment inquiry behind closed doors over the past six weeks, explaining the controversy over Trump's Ukraine policy and what's been brewing behind closed doors uh, for months. Now, the testimony details how... U.S. officials were actually alarmed that Donald Trump had outsourced Ukraine policy to Rudy Giuliani. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: He'd been pushing Ukraine officials to publicly announce an investigation into the Bidens and to pursue a conspiracy theory that the Ukraine is the one that interfered in the 2016 election, not Russia. Right.
1: <laughs> well, uh, in my head, yeah. I was just trying to do like the socio-political dance. Okay, so let's let's just break
2: that down for a second. The Ukraine, this tiny, tiny country, who is currently fending off Russia's advances to mm-hmm. take them over. They're the ones that are responsible. For the interference in the 2016 election. I
1: mean, Russia's been With? using the Ukraine as a scapegoat since, like, the beginning of time. Since the beginning of time, right?
2: They're okay. just jealous
1: that Ukraine's warmer.
2: Uh, I Well, like, uh, okay, so not for nothing, but last weekend I binge-watched Catherine the Great. And if you know, ever watched Ooh, it, what's that really
1: on? Good.
2: What's that on? Um, Netflix. Catherine, uh, Helen Mirren plays yeah. Catherine the Great. It's really good. And it's at the time when Russia is annex trying to annex the Ukraine. Oh my so God. it's, it's, I mean, like, I, I lost my mind when I watched it.
1: That's so um, bizarre. Well, because it's a very similar, similar, like, um, ethnic group to Russia.
2: Right. Exactly. But it's also, um, because uh, uh, there's a huge peninsula out into the Black Sea, which gives Russia a lot of power uh-uh. in, in terms of um, European import-export
0: mm-hmm. and
2: military power, right? Which is what I learned from Catherine the Great. <laughs> um, <laughs> so a number of, like, so six people have testified. They said that Giuliani was the one initially pushing these radical conspiracy theories, which made them everybody dismayed. Um, let me see. Bla, 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 bla. Officials who have testified explain how the push to Ukraine investigate President's political opponents is already underway. Call uh, Fiona Hill, who's. The former top White House Russia advisor and the National Security Council's Ukraine expert, Alexander Vindman, testified that the Ukraines were told on July 10th that the White House meeting with Trump that they were seeking was conditioned on opening an investigation into all of the president's rivals, not just the Bidens. Right. Uh-oh.
1: That's illegal.
2: Uh-huh. uh-huh. Okay, so this message was also delivered to Ukrainians by Ambassador to the European Union, Gordon Sondland, who originally testified he was directed to do so by Mulvini, whose first name fucking escapes me. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, White House officials or surrounding this whole thing, seriously objected to Gordon Sondland, calling into question his sworn testimony that then National Security Advisor John Bolton never shared any misgivings. So, yada, yada, yada. Text messages come out. All of these things come out. And it comes out that Sondland Changed his testimony. Yeah, he originally said that he didn't know about the call. Blah, 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 oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he said he was on
1: the call. It's <laughs> kind of a big thing to forget. Uh, I mean, I get many phone calls. On. Can't remember all of them. Too many phone calls. I look, with the Ukraine.
2: I I can remember within months i can still remember phone calls that i've had within months years no months yes now giuliani who is trump's personal attorney quote unquote mm-hmm. has tried to make the case that his only role in the ukraine was defending his client who's never paid him by the way there's no like contractual, whatever. So does that mean in there's no attorney-client
1: privilege if there's no... Well,
2: they're trying to claim that, but I've worked in law firms for almost 25 years, and if there's no retainer agreement or or uh, personal disclosure agreement, then it's not actually an attorney-client relationship. Yeah, it says, like,
1: my best friend's a lawyer and he's going to hang out with me.
2: Right. Okay. Are they stupid? Giuliani has uh, made the case uh, that his only role in the Ukraine was defending Donald Trump. But that's clearly not what people have testified to in these 2,600 pages. Mm -hmm. Or how the Ukrainians have viewed it. You know, which... I would like to – I would actually like to know if the Ukrainians have recordings of these phone calls because that would be really interesting.
1: You know, I was actually just wondering how uh, this whole process is being covered by the international press. Like I almost mm-hmm. want to get on to, like Russia Today and just watch their segments. And it's like, oh, Donny T. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm sure they're not taking it very seriously.
2: They're probably not. Uh, the Guardian is interesting. Al Jazeera is interesting. Get out there and dig it. Most of my sources are clearly from the U.S. It's um, CNN and uh, the New York Times and, you know, all of the major uh, – or the Washington Post a little bit this morning. I guess
1: I just sort of wonder how Putin's spinning this because I'm sure he is.
2: Oh, he doesn't
1: have to. He doesn't have to spin it.
2: (laughs) In Russia. Or like like how much
1: I don't know. It's just very bizarre. I mean, it does make us look quite weak, I guess.
2: It looks this this administration is killing us in the international community. It's killing us. Right? So so Giuliani is saying blah blah blah, I'm just defending him against attacks, but there were serious concerns among most of the u.s top diplomats that giuliani was pushing for the ukraine to announce to announce publicly announce these investigations before they got the money Hmm. right 400 million dollars trump and giuliani were saying you can't have this money until you stand up and publicly announce that you're investigating corruption. Now, let's be frank. These fuckers don't actually care about corruption.
1: Well, mm, mm, they care about corruption that benefits them.
2: They don't, they're not trying to stamp out corruption.
1: They're not. I mean, I I sort of agree. It's just such a shame because I do feel like I feel kind of bad for Republicans because I don't think that like the party as a whole or their ideals are like. Necessarily evil, but I do think that they elected an idiot who is very corrupt and like really wrecking. A lot I of think stuff. the minute
2: they aligned themselves with the alt-right and the Christian right, they got into all this trouble. And that happened back in the 80s under Ronald Reagan. So,
1: yeah. Where's Jerry Falwell? We need to scold him.
2: Oh, God. We need something else. Well, now he's got his biblical advisor, which, you know, let's be real. I don't think Donald Trump prays for anything other than a win, money windfall. All right, so someone has been testifying that, because the the biggest weakness here is that someone testifies that, yes, Trump gave the order, but the order came from Rudy. So.
1: I just don't see how that's going to hold up.
2: It's not going to. The Democrats need to find someone that says it came directly from Donald Trump.
1: But if Trump gave the order, if he approved know, of it,
2: it's, it's the same thing as a mob boss would do, right? It's the same thing.
1: I just, I'm part of me is curious about like what level of evidence is needed for Republicans to vote across the aisle on this. And I, it's and just, just to, a little bit puzzling. Needs to go much deeper than what they have, yeah. Well, it's just kind of much puzzling deeper. to me because it's like. Okay, so they're worried about re-election with their constituents, I guess. But then there's also like a chance that like, there's like a large amount of kind of like silent Democrats or people in these, like say Texas, you know, where you have a lot of young people who don't necessarily vote conservative all the time who are watching this and you're like, I don't know, guys, like Trump's <laughs> kind of weird. Like maybe let's try to find someone else. You know, I mean like it seems kind of risky to bet that your constituents are going to stick with Trump through another election as well.
2: Well, look at Virginia and Kentucky last week.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, why don't we talk about um Virginia? They flipped. Yeah, they got a uh, a Democratic uh governor, mayor, what happened? They are now an internally a blue state. That's huge. And uh, yeah, so Virginia used to be like very red. And if you, I just actually pulled up an, a map now from the New York Times of all the districts that yeah. are now Democrat. And it is just like a very like impressive between 2015 and this year. Like right. there is a lot of like feet pounding the pavement to achieve that. Well, I think the Kentucky
2: governor's race, uh, a Democrat won and they're, is it Kentucky that they're recall? They're going to do a runoff. Thing? A runoff, Well, not a runoff, but a because the Democrat won, but the
0: he didn't. The, he the, didn't concede. The
2: Republican wasn't going to concede. He's actually demanded a recount or something. I think that's the case. Let me look.
1: It says that the yeah. Democrat, um, Andy Bashir won by five thousand votes. Yes, he did. And um, according to he this to... go ahead according to this slate um analysis, which is maybe lightly opinionated, so do your own research um it says that like there's a chance that if uh let me see the Republican legislators in Kentucky, along with uh the person that he was running against, if they continue to make a fuss, there's a chance that it might end up in federal court um. But really, that's oh, is- the only way that it would flip to him is if it looks like if the feds rule against this is
2: going to be another Florida Chad situation,
1: yeah, it could be, and um, let's just keep in mind that a ton of federal judges were appointed under Trump,
2: yeah, the th- here's the thing though, is I had been following this race quite closely because I hate Mitch McConnell with everything in my being, and he is. The senator from Kentucky, uh, and Governor Bevin, his approval rating had plummeted in recent year, like months and years, over cuts in government services
0: mm-hmm.
2: and his brash handling of a teacher walkout, calling half those teachers sexual, or uh, no, he didn't call them sexual predators. He said that if the teachers walked out that they were endorsing sexual assault in the homes of the children. I believe that's what he said.
0: Hmm.
2: Calling them selfish and ignorant. Uh, Yeah, yeah. So he was already teetering on, even he would have lost with another Republican challenger too. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Yeah, Matt Devin. Who, I mean, yeah.
1: Yeah, that's crazy. Um, it'll be interesting to see how these, I'm kind of nervous for the 2020 election. I'm also well, sort of nervous for the primaries.
2: Uh,
1: well, we have some time. Who do you think is the primary forerunner right now? In the Democratic Party? Yeah. Well obviously Trump's gonna get Republican. Oh, uh, I don't know.
2: I mean, we're still going through impeachment. So
1: Oh I was well, not, I was listening to this okay, well, crazy let, thing.
2: Let, let me be clear. We're not actually in impeachment. We are still in the investigation stage. He has not technically been impeached. So let me just be clear about that. But so,
1: so I was it listening still to come out. <laughs> It's hard to do this when you're on the phone. I can't see when you're about to talk.
2: I know. I know.
1: I'm so sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I was listening to uh to uh the NPR Politics podcast. It's amazing, and they were talking about how if there actually is an impeachment in the Senate, that all of the um senators who are running for president are going to have to go back to D.C. for these for this trial. So that wipes yep. out like Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders, like a lot of people who right now are front runners. Who are not going to be in Iowa because, like, if you follow the perceived timeline at, like, the pace that everyone's going, uh, right when Iowa is going to be voting in the primaries is going to be around when uh, the trial would happen in the Senate. And so you're taking these, like, key uh, primary runners kind of out of the race for a week or two. I wonder if that's
2: why Michael Bloomberg threw his ship back in the ring.
1: Oh, that was kind of a So I don't think he's going to get much traction.
2: He's, I, I don't think he's going to get much traction either, but he did file paperwork in Alabama because they have early filing deadlines.
1: Well, it's just kind of wild. It's just kind of like, I feel like he's doing like a Trump where he's like, I have lots of money. I can run for president.
2: I. That's true. Okay, so let's talk about that. Who's left then? We've got Kamala Harris, Pete Buttigieg, and Cory Booker.
1: And Tom... Fever? You know, that's interesting, because uh, at least the first three, um, Kamala Harris, Pete Buttigieg, and Cory Booker, have had really strong moments at different points so far, you know? Right. So I could totally see one of them throwing a little bit of a coup. Like, right. it's not inconceivable.
2: Them, take... No, it's not. Out of them, i take Pete, I think.
1: I like him. I also kind of like Cory Booker. Kamala Harris.
2: uh, Kamala Harris would
1: have been like really great like ten years ago. No, I just she's not quite up to. She doesn't have her pulse in the party in the way that I think she should on some issues. You know, like she seems very like like neo Democrat.
2: She only changes her opinion on things when she's called out on some shit. You know, I feel like Pete. He served the country. He's a Rhodes Scholar. I think he's a Rhodes Scholar. He has a really adorable Something. husband. He's an adorable husband. I feel like out of the three, he's our, he's our best chance.
1: Yeah. Where's Cory Booker from? Jersey. Jersey. Okay. I really like that Pete Buttigieg is from Indiana. Like, I think uh, that... Like, I mean, I know everyone's like, well, it doesn't really matter. It's about their ideas. But I do think that there's something to be said about, like, poor middle America. No, I totally agree. You know, like, I think that um, out of all the candidates, Pete Buttigieg and as much as I hated Joe Biden are probably the ones who could kind of, like, knit the country together the most. I hate Joe Biden. I know. He's kind of weird. He's like, you're like creepy uncle who gives you, like, weird presents. Running Onion, for president. Okay, back when back when
2: uh, Obama was first elected president, The Onion put out this great satirical piece about crazy Joe washing his Trans white Trans Am shirtless in the middle of the driveway of the White House. It was so good. Well,
1: it's <laughs> like I like Joe Biden as like a vice president, but I'm like happy with him there. He needs to stop now. Like he needs to stop.
2: He's uh, uh, not—everybody—he's saying and everybody else is saying that he's the only one that can win against Donald Trump. I don't think that's true. I think the longer this investigation goes on, I think a lot of these people have a better chance.
1: Yeah. I kind of wish there was another Republican running, to be honest. I mean, I know that's that's so hard. That's
2: the GOP, you know.
1: Yeah. But I do think the that 100%. there's probably a lot of Republicans who probably aren't too keen on Trump who might vote for an alternative. And honestly, I would rather have another, maybe not Mike Pence, but I would rather have like a like moderate Republican in office than Trump. Oh, 100%. Just someone like, who uh, is like uh, presidential, you know, someone who's like not going to tweet policy. Who's not going to tweet? <laughs>
2: who's just like, just tweet on like Veterans Day, you know? Like tweet on, on, like Obama did, you know, like,
1: on just like a... Have your, like, social media head. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's up to the GOP and
2: everybody's still drinking the Kool-Aid because everybody's afraid. Everybody's afraid. No. But also,
1: it's just kind of like, what are they afraid of? You know, I mean... Donald Trump. And his supporters. I just wonder sometimes, like, how much damage could actually be, well, I guess a lot if he refuses to leave office, if he did get outvoted.
2: Well, the thing, the thing is, is that, you know, the whole new political climate is basically dictated by the media and the Internet, right? Mm-hmm. All of the parties, like, if something bad gets out about, Someone it goes completely viral, and then they lose. It's all about their want of power and keeping their seat. It's not about who elected them, who they represent. And it has nothing to do with any of that. Mm-hmm. GOP, the, the, the Democrats do it too. Tow the party line, stay in the party. Mm-hmm. Like, let's not represent our constituents that elected us.
1: What was it? There was um this like sim- the Simpsons did a treehouse of horror where it was like I think it was like the Manchurian Candidate where you have this candidate who they discover is actually this alien, and they the discover sentence? it like at the election. This candidate the is,
2: is an- actually predicted the election of Donald Trump to presidency.
1: But it was really funny because everyone's just like, oh, my God, this guy's an alien. Everyone vote for the other candidate and the other candidate wins. And then he pulls off his human mask and he's an alien, too. Exactly. And they're just like, lol, two party system. <laughs> uh, all right. We've
2: gotten too deep into this. Let's go on to something else. Because I can't, this is, like we could talk about this
1: for weeks and weeks and weeks. And we probably will. <laughs>
2: And we probably won't. Okay, well I That's have our impeachment tea
1: for the day. <laughs> or like forty minutes of impeachment tea. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I don't know. It was, it was fun. All right. Uh so I have a fake news alert that was actually reported in a uh, Bushwick Facebook group that I'm in. Ooh. You wanna hear it? Yes to do. So the headline reads, Asteroid Terror. NASA spots mammoth space rock to hit Earth's orbit five days before Christmas. Can it, can it hit the White House? It's a comet larger than the Empire State Building. Could wipe out a city. Could wipe out the whole world. Could cause a huge <laughs> tsunami. It goes on. Okay. All right. So lesson learned is don't read the British tabloids as some rando posts in a Bushwick Facebook group. Right. So I've read this, and I was actually like heart palpitations. Like I was like, "Oh God!" Like I did not think the world would end this way, but I guess the predictions are right. Like, girl, like I like grabbed Ashton, and he's like half asleep. Like, what's wrong? And I'm like, the asteroid is coming. The asteroid is coming, girl. Get drunk every day. Uh, so it's supposed to hit the Earth, December twentieth. Except, it's not going to hit the Earth. Hmm. All right, uh, so it's just gonna fly past the Earth. It's going to be um, roughly three point six million miles from the planet's center. That's a graze. That's just a,
2: that's like we'll feel the breeze when it goes by.
1: I mean, yeah, it's gonna be close, but it's like not gonna hit the Moon. It's not gonna hit us. Birds oh, are not going to fall out of the sky because of this comet. We'll still have the internet.
2: Like, we're in the winter. Like, please don't hit the sun. Like, please don't <laughs> I, hit the I sun. I can't
1: take it. Uh, <laughs> did, you, did you watch uh, Melancholia? Have you seen that movie? I don't think so. All right. So, just to really uh, nurture this fear inside all of us of like mass extinction, okay. right. it's, it's about this planet. That uh, was, like, hiding behind the sun for millennia. It it just has, like, this bizarre orbit where, like, no uh, astronomer on Earth has ever really been able to see it. And it actually comes in the same orbit as Earth. And the movie is about the coming months of the planet getting closer and closer until it finally hits the Earth and we all die. All right. And it is just, it's, like, a really great movie for someone with anxiety. <laughs> oh, it sounds like it. Well, because the movie is actually, like, Lars von Trier, who, like, can't get on a plane, he actually has to take a car to the um, Cannes Film Festival every year. hmm Right? He basically was just doing, like, a therapy dump into this movie about this planet that destroys us. And Uh so the two main characters, one of them kind of represents anxiety. The other one represents depression. Basically, that entire movie happened in my head for like 10 minutes before I had coffee. (laughs) Girl. (laughs) But upon further research, I think we're going to be When you get my
2: age, you're like, we're all going to die anyway at some point. doesn't really matter. Whatever. Like, thank (laughs) God. I
1: have an excuse to, like, empty my savings. (laughs) Yes live for today it doesn't really matter i'm
2: not gonna i'm not gonna live like kind of planning
1: for retirement but i don't think it's gonna be there so, come whatever. at me bro <laughs> <laughs> so anyway um let me see in a uh, slightly brighter news uh there mm. has been criminal justice reform that is actually uh set for january 1st in new york and what's mm. that say Up to eighty-eight percent of people who've been arrested in New York City are going to be released without bail pending their trial. Thank fucking God! All right. So before everyone thinks that there's just going to be like mass murderers, like Lisk is running the streets streets with his army. Well played. I thought that was kind of clever. No, it's not going to be like the purge. Uh, All the people, this affects like misdemeanors and some very specific felonies.
2: Low level marijuana crimes. Like the dude who peed in the
1: subway car. He's.
2: Oh yeah. Well, you know, I don't care if you pee in the car. I care if you pee on someone in the car. Like that's. It almost
1: touched my shoes.
2: It's. I know it's a hairline difference, but there's a difference.
1: One of my fondest New York memories was like, (laughs) I was like texting my mom during it too. I'm just like, you won't believe this guy.
2: Golden shower on the way to work. He was just like really
1: drunk, kind of half asleep. He's just like, I just got to pee. I just got to go. And the person staying in front of him, because it's like rush hour, everyone's like packed in there, is like pleading with him. He's like, dude, dude, I got a water bottle. Pee in the water bottle.
2: He could have at least gone between cars.
1: I don't think this guy could move. I
2: mean, come on. He could have gone between cars. Pete on the train instead.
1: Anyway. Anyway, moving on. Good times on the A. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so that is actually, this criminal reform is going to make a huge difference for a lot of people because... One, um, we're trying to close Rikers, and one of the ways we're doing that is uh, uh, de Blasio has a plan to just try to, like, decriminalize stuff and keep people out of jail, you know? So, it's like, there's certain behaviors everyone is going to do. Everyone, at some point, is going to pee on the sidewalk. Everyone, at some point, is going to get drunk publicly and probably, like, scream things at a stranger, you know? I mean, we live in New York.
2: Check, check, check. Well, I've not peed on the train.
1: I have not but peed I on the train.
2: I have at three in the morning peed on the sidewalk. It was it's been like fifteen years, but I did. I did it.
1: I I've done that.
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean like it's between cars, and I got a friend looking out,
2: like I'm not oh, you trying did?
1: To... Yeah, I mean I was oh I was like a lot worse than you. I just like couldn't hold it. My friend like popped her coat open real big so mm-hmm. people couldn't see. Yeah, people couldn't see.
2: I wasn't, like, just copping a squat in the middle of the sidewalk. Thank God for
1: dresses.
2: Well, thank God for friends. Yeah, that too.
1: (laughs) But anyway, um, (laughs) I'd like to think that there's some, like, prosecutor who listens to our show and writes down all our crimes. Right. Or I get, like, an angry letter in the mail. I
2: know, a First Amendment lawyer. It's fine.
1: But, um... But, no, but for real, like, there's people who are seen in Rikers for, like, three years waiting on their trial. People have committed suicide. Um, That's not what I'm supposed to say. What was uh, it? Died by suicide? Because, like, Rikers is just terrible and depressing, and, it, like, the guards are just terrible, and can't even describe it.
2: And I so... Actually- Yeah. I'm still still trying to get my friends who spent a week in Rikers on the show.
1: Yeah, for sure. Like, we can do, like, fake name stuff. You know, it's their comfort level. Yeah,
2: he's hesitant, but um, I want him to come on and explain to people what it is like inside that place. And also MCC, because when they transfer you to go down to your hearing downtown, you're hanging out in the MCC. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is where Epstein died, and El Chapo was held, and all those other places. So,
1: yeah, it's want, like not I mean, great. So, I mean, I'm really hoping that this law and um, the loosening of bail is going to, like, literally save lives and maybe also help people not reoffend. Well, uh, part of the
2: problem with Reoffending is poverty, homelessness. There's some racial divides there. Oh, so I'm not for gonna, sure. I'm not. you right. I'm not going to make any of those kinds of assumptions. I'm just going to say the inhumanity that plagues New York jails needs to stop.
1: Yeah. It's just kind of like, I know we're like barely moving the dial on criminal justice reform, but I really do hope that this makes a difference for people. Um, now, of course, people are being all fussy about the implementation of this. And the, um, a spokesperson from the Legal Aid Society's criminal defense practice said, quote, the court system isn't ready. Um, another law that um, is like coupled with this is, is that prosecutors have to turn over evidence to the defense attorney in 15 days. And so this is so, like the defense attorney actually has a chance of putting a case together, you know? And so prosecutors are all like worried that they're not going to have enough time to collect evidence. Um, they're concerned about like coaxing witnesses to talk to them. And That's I'm just kind bull- of like- This is
2: all bullshit.
1: I know. I'm like, buddy, you like arrest like all of these like black men because they're driving a black car. You know, I mean- it's like, oh, since, someone committed yeah, a murder in front of, dark. yeah, you know? And then you keep them in Rikers for
2: three years, and you just keep, like, we're not ready. We're not ready. We're not ready. The prosecutor's office is like, we're just not ready. I'm like, go fuck yourself. But it's like, no. how, ma-
1: how many of these cases do we read about on this show about convictions being overturned, innocent man, 30 years gone? uh because they like talked to some like kid on the street who was looking the other direction and just heard a gunshot, and then this dude ran past. You have like, so I'm really, really hoping that some of these laws actually do what they're supposed to. Wow. Well, I mean, yes,
2: I do too. But if you look at the the Clinton 1994 Crime Bill, we're all now going, oh, well, that was kind of fucked up. So, you know. It's only as good as the humans that. Yeah.
1: Do that. Let me dream.
2: I don't know, broken dreams. <laughs> so I have one lighthearted. Yeah, go light-hearted. for it. Okay, so the daily news, re- and this is a very pun-tastic. Uh, reports. The Daily News reports that a coffee craving woman has trashed a Queens Dunkin' Donuts on Friday when a worker didn't fill her cup quickly enough.
1: She's not looking for coffee in that case, you know. She's like,
2: (laughs) I mean, look, I feel this because I think she put an order in through the app and then she still had to wait. And I've been through this before, and it's infuriating when you put an order through the app and then you show up at the store seven minutes later and your coffee's not ready. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to read most of this article because the puns are outstanding.
1: Hit me with it.
2: Okay. It was no munchkin sized outburst. (laughs) This was an extra large serving of outrage. Uh, One of the workers screamed, this is a crazy person. She just walks in and starts hitting the wall. Surveillance video of the incident shows a woman enter the store and walk to the end of the counter, presumably to pick up an order that she may have placed before she got there. It's still dark outside. She looks at an empty tray and walks over to the register to confront the cashier. The video shows the animated woman saying something to the cashier and waving a finger in his face. The man walks away, grabs a cup, but before he can fill it, the piping hot patron sits on the counter, punches at a register, tosses an electronic reader onto the floor. Then she boiled over and went all cappuccino on the place, pushing over a rack of coffee cups, a second register, and a row of crispy waffle cones.
1: I just, I'm going to start uh, using going all cappuccino. Okay, I Instead mean, of, like, going postal, going cappuccino.
2: clear I don't know what that even means, but it's in there. So, the cashier disappears, a drive-thru worker runs for cover, the customer at the drive-thru hurriedly drove off, and one guy in the store dished out and left his order behind. The woman then stomped off the video, leaving behind a chocolate sprinkled, cinnamon spice, mocha flavored mess all over the floor. So she didn't get her coffee? No. Manager says that there was $10,000 in damages. In her frenzy, the woman broke both cash registers, a coffee grinder and the dairy dispenser on top of knocking off the cups, the napkins, the straws, the waffle cones, the waffle cones, the everything. I mean, look, when I have to be at the office at seven o'clock in the morning and I put my order in on my app and there's no one in the store and I walk in and there's my coffee isn't on the shelf. Mhm. I also get irritated. I have which I didn't think I had better impulse control.
1: <laughs> I mean I've definitely, um like I ordered lunch through this app and it's like for pickup and they gave mine away to someone else. Ah. And I just stood there and cried. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, girl. You know, I've like, I've, like, berated people, maybe a little bit unjustly, been catty, written bad Yelp reviews for bars, but I've never thrown a waffle cone on the floor. I've I don't know why destroyed... that gets me. I just love waffle cones so much, maybe, but, like, that's, like, the part that really deeply affects my soul. This brings me
2: back to, I think, like, nine months ago when we were talking about the guy that ordered the bagel and... Th- like, oh, yeah. destroyed the bagel shop because he wasn't getting his order. Like, pe- New Yorkers are high strong. <laughs>
1: We're just high
2: strong. really
1: I'm trying to see if I have any that we can just run through. Oh, I have an update on the Bronx woman. Yeah. From the lion's mm-hmm. den. Uh, so uh, her arraignment happened in the Bronx Friday morning. Mm-hmm. And so she appeared wearing uh, one of those, like, NYPD T-shirts that they sell to tourists. Right. And, oh, man, I didn't save the link, but her outfit is quite spectacular. And uh, let me see. uh, So during the court case, whenever the judge would try to talk to her, she would shout, All praise go to Jah and Jehovah. And the lion lady, yeah. And then when her friends asked her to, uh, you know, like calm down, don't interrupt the judge, like please God. Uh, she wrote, This is my life and my destiny. Yeah, oh, this is the lion lady that broke into the Bronx, yeah, to like become friends with the animals, right? And uh, so basically, uh, she says that she is a, um, there, there, there's, like, this, like, section, there's, like, this Christian kind of Protestant religion uh, where you can see yourself to be, like, an Israelite. She's a black Israelite. Yeah. And yeah. I don't know very much about the religion, like, at all. So I don't, don't want to, like, talk it. too it's much about yeah. it. Um, yep. But uh, she has, like, really, like, incorporated this into her reasoning for breaking into a zoo and trying to pet a lion.
2: Did so. she also break into the giraffe exhibit?
1: <laughs> I think she did. Yeah, I remember. There was, like, a couple – she had, like, a couple spots that she was
2: – And she's been dodging the police for months and taunting them on Instagram.
1: I kind of like this lady. I do feel – I I feel a little conflicted about, like, even her airtime because I do think that part of this is probably some mental illness. I'm you know, which is, like, oh, honey, like, please – you know, like I want you to live your best life, uh, but at the same time, just like the way that it's being presented is very silly. I, I,
2: I mean, you know, the, if the media is presenting it in some way, but quite frankly, like, the, are we the allowed fact that she didn't get mauled in the lion
1: exhibit? Is something? But like, are we allowed to make and jokes ask- about this? I'm, I'm unsure. Please tell me, what do we I can do? make. We can make jokes
2: about, yes, we can. Because, yes, we can. Yes. But I'm these, like, articles promotion.
1: just make me cry. They're so funny. And, of course, it's like New York Post, Daily News, Puntastic. Puntastic. Uh, do you think yeah. that the reporter from that last show would actually come on air if I wrote a fan letter being like, hey, we like your puns? Should we do that? Do it. Okay, folks. uh, We've got to wrap up the show, but um, please uh, ping us on Facebook if you think that we should um, try to get a a New York Post daily news reporter on for a uh, pun off. Punderdome. I'll
2: even give out my Radio Free Brooklyn email address if that's what it takes. Megan at (laughs) RadioFreeBrooklyn.org. Do you think you want to hear us? Talk about this. Send it. I'm down.
1: All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us this uh, Saturday morning. This is crime talk BK, with Joanna Purpich, Megan Duffy. We'll see you next week.
0: Later, Dave. Once that you've decided on a killing, first you make a stone of your heart. And if you find that your hands are still willing Then you can turn a murder into art There really isn't any for bloodshed You just do it with a little more finesse If you can slip a tablet into some.